on digital and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. What a show it's going to be for you today. We're going to be talking to Noel Gallagher a little bit later. And guess who's going to be coming in here? Well, you'll have to guess. We well, can guess now if you like, but I'm not going to tell you just yet because it's too exciting to reveal at the moment. I'm here with Matt Morgan. He's in charge of the switches. All right, Matt? Yes, very well. Are you all right? Or are you still a bit drunk from Comic Relief last night? I'm still drunk on the uh, happiness of giving. <laughs> the happiness of giving. Matt gave 100 quid to Comic Relief. You should have seen him strutting around like Francis of Assisi. Okay. 100 quid. I gave 100 what? quid to the poor. Well, you, the way you was carrying on. I wasn't even going to bring that money. up, but thank you for doing so. <laughs> it was very kind of you. You're How a much did you give in the end? Uh, well, listen, Matt. I Some was time. For about, you know, really an hour of my time does cost about 20 grand. So, in a way, I've been more generous than, like, the, the you know, you could wear You're a beard of bees for That's hours on it. build a toilet huh? for some children in Africa, is what? it? Your time. My time builds many toilets for children, <laughs> let me tell you, or at least it promotes feces somehow. Now, listen, we've got lots of important things to talk about. Uh, firstly, comic relief and me a bit more. Yeah, you now, were very good. Thanks, Matt. What bit? The bits, <laughs> the, the bits Come that I on. wrote. No. no, you weren't very good. All of it. It's good, wasn't it? You controlled that little room. Did didn't you I? Made people give money. Did didn't I? Yes. Done well, didn't I? Who would have thought you could be manipulative? <laughs> <laughs> Cold, cunning, twisted man. I was thinking that while I was saying, like, while I was like looking down the camera, going, "Look, you can just give money. Come on, just do it." That normally that's, "Look, what problem will it create if you have sex with me? Just do it. It doesn't matter. We're all going to be dead one day. Just take your top off and see how you feel. Come on, see the world's not ending. Charge your boobs. Go on, take your clothes off. Wee. Good old life. Now, we've got quite a few issues to clear up from last week. One, that lad, remember I said about Paul Einan, Matt? That lad. Yes, it was uh, disgusting. All... <laughs> it was a new low. <laughs> that was not a new low. That was yet another glorious plateau of scatological purility on the show. I that's gone. Where I mentioned uh, young Paul Einan. Well, apparently Paul Einan is drifting around in the world, draping his genitalia on people's shoulders. Uh, this is from one of his friends, who's also called Paul, who's thanking us for exposing Paul Einan's youthful well, misdemeanors feels better for knowing that. I'm sure the nation has been Get on your right microphone and be professional. I am being professional. Oh, Jonathan Ross is coming in like oh, a drifter. No. Hello, Jonathan Ross. Hello, what's oh, going on? We're just pre-recording our radio show for tonight. How lovely of you to come in. You lying <laughs> 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 Oh, no, we'll have to beep it. Like <laughs> Jonathan Ross. <laughs> Jonathan Ross there. Keep it in, we can beep that. That's There he is. There is. <laughs> the godfather of light entertainment. <laughs> yeah. No, I want to come and see him. Bye bye, Jonathan. Bye bye. Let's leave that in. Let's expose Jonathan Ross. For he hoovers up eighteen million pound of your license for a year and does what exactly? F you. F this. I can do what I like. Some good swearing, actually. He did some good one. Mother liquor's nice, isn't it? That's not actually swearing. Not really, but it sounds awful. Why would anyone do a thing like that? Isn't it intriguing, Matt, to consider that a realistic possibility for today's show? Is that Steven Seagal might come in here? Yeah, I know. What is that all about? It's weird, we isn't it? We met a cowboy last night. Me and Matt met this bearded cowboy geezer. He goes, but he wasn't American, was he? No. He counts. He's a bearded cowboy, and he goes, um, 
Hello, I've been speaking to Nick, your agent, and uh, I think if you're interested, I can get Steven Seagal on your show. I went, yeah, all right, why not? And he goes, and if that's not good enough, I can get Doug Duncan Bannantyne from Dragon's Den. <laughs> Who looks after Duncan Bannantyne and Bannatine. Steven? Bannantyne, is it? I think so. He's a curmudgeon, isn't he? Yeah. I like him, though. Is he the Scottish one? He's the Scottish one. He never invested in anything on Dragon's Den. He does. Does he? I've seen him invest. What's he invested in? Um, Wallace sticks. Maybe reggae sauce. Reggae sauce. <laughs> reggae sauce is now in the shop. Is it? Reggae sauce is out there yeah, now. I've had it. It's nice. Is it nice? I'm working for them. What? Stop promoting it. Other sources to do with offbeat music <laughs> are, are, are available. So, uh, yeah, imagine it was... What are we going to say if Steven Seagal does come in here, Well, man? we'll ask him about his career as an action movie star and yeah. also his new career as a blues musician. Yeah, but a lot of his blues records focus on the word ass. I know. Like, we is... went through, scanned through his latest album, and it? it's like it's one song's called Talk To My Ass, and another one's called... <laughs> Crocodile ass. ass. Crocodile ass. That's like Jimmy Nail's song, Crocodile Shoes. But just a bit higher up and a bit more saucy. Zero Steve. And all the pictures of him, he's sort of pulling his action movie face. Yeah. Instead uh, Steve, of his blues uh, face. You are actually a blues musician now, and these intimidating <laughs> faces of war <laughs> are inappropriate. <laughs> I woke up this morning, and I was a chef on a boat, and some terrorists got on it. I beat them all up, you know, in an unrealistic movie. Uh, no, that's not antagonizing. He's a Buddhist, though, isn't he? He's a Buddhist, Matt, right? I, I was, um, when I was in uh, Los Angeles, the, 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 the Hollywood. You the went to Los Angeles? Did I not mention it? Yeah. No, I don't I'm, think you did. I'm trying to become what you might describe as a sort of war. Walking fiasco of a man, not knowing what he's doing from one moment to the next. And I was out there sort of meeting them moguls, and uh, one bloke goes, oh, I was driving Stephen Seagal, and he was like, he goes, he was sat in the back of my cab going, oh, F this, F that, F this, F that, having like much the sort of language Jonathan Ross uses when he comes bursting into our studio, the lout, right? He goes, um... He goes, uh, yeah, stop it, Ricky. Matt's brought his Dartford fugs down. <laughs> <laughs> They're all hanging around here, blazing on their pipes and reading the Sun newspaper. He goes, um, we had Stephen, he goes, I had Stephen Seagal in the back of my cab. He was effing and blinding and swearing. Then we pulled over at the hotel to drop him off, and there was these monks, like proper monks wearing orange, yeah. walking by. And they go, and like, because Stephen Seagal some sort of prominent Buddhist, they had Stephen Seagal bless them. And he went over and did some Joking. sort of stuff stuff on them touch them on the heads now that's a bit weird isn't it that if you're a monk you don't want to be blessed by Stephen Seagal you're well, already a monk surely not based on elitism shouldn't be should it Matt certainly shouldn't be now is that because he's a martial artist that the monks respect him because isn't he some sort of I suppose yeah being able to do all that kung fu kicky boot stuff get on your microphone I will hold on because I'm just trying to find something now regular... I will I will, <laughs> I will in a minute I'm just not in the mood <laughs> right now I'm sure I'll be in the mood I've got some inf you know we've been regular listeners to our Radio 2 show will be thoroughly well aware that we are absolutely 100% committed to getting those Chinese right out of Tibet get out of Tibet I've got a letter here explaining why that is. Because uh, we just thought it was a bit wrong and we never really considered why it might be. Just well, so you've got the read. actual facts. Yep, but I've lost them. But they're around here someplace. Well, it's nearly a first for Russell Brown there, <laughs> being informed on an issue hold he's on. spouting on about. No, hold on, we'll find those facts. Come on, facts! Where are you? Here's some facts about... Uh, <clears> well, for now, we'll read this. Morning, sailors. On your show last week, you said that the US version of Ronald McDonald was all futuristic and feminine. Unfortunately, that brought back into my head, so is Keith from Northern Ireland living in Prague. Oh, complicated backstory. He goes, that brought a complicated and strange memory of, I had of Ronnie McDonald living in China. A few years ago, I spent some time in China and you'll be disturbed to know that Ronald McDonald there is Chinese. I'm not disturbed to know I'm that. I'm not disturbed about I'm that. I'm glad. 
I think it's good because otherwise he wouldn't fit in, would he? If he was just strutting around. Well, as a clown, it, you know, what do you mean? Like clowns are accepted Once you're a anywhere? clown, I don't think your your race is important. I suppose not. In fact, you'd have to be a quite a committed racist to go. Yeah. I ain't <laughs> having no Chinese clown at Market's birthday. God, <laughs> <laughs> you really are into this racism. Yes, I am. Get him out. <laughs> yeah, I'm more concerned about the capitalism and the damage to the environment, <laughs> where his eyes might look slightly different. Ronald McDonald there is Chinese. I know it kind of makes sense, but try a picture of the image, says Keith, Northern Ireland, now in Prague, of a Chinese man covered in clown you makeup. You did comic relief and now you've changed. <laughs> you are so full of hate. <laughs> <laughs> you've written this. I did. This is from Russell, the racist brand. Now, Keith, you maniac, don't say things like that. I've read it out now. And he goes, uh, there's something terribly sinister about this uh, Chinese Ronald McDonald clown. Anyhow, keep up the good work. It's all thoroughly entertaining, if not impossible to listen to in public due to laughing out loud and looking like one of those simple people you see in shopping centres. <laughs> well, Keith! This is a PC nightmare. Keith, what are you doing? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Get hold of yourself, mate. You're supposed to be a cosmopolitan gent. Northern Ireland now living in Prague. All this game around the world offending people. He really is marching back and going, oh, now boots hurting people's feelings. Keith, thank you for your hate-filled diatribe. <laughs> no, I ain't joking. You're a nice lad. There's no point being racist, though, is it? It's boring. Right, now, uh, is there any other information? Should we go into a track? or do you want We like... should go into a track, but I've got a few things to pull you up on. Go on, then. Well, not now. All right, well, why don't you tease those things? Okay. Go on. Gym stick. Oh, don't start on the gym stick. You'll be learning more about the gym stick. Also learning about more why China got to get out to bed now. A bit more about me doing comic relief. I'll be dragging that out for a couple of years. And um, <laughs> loads of other stuff. Stay with us. We're going to ring Noel Gallagher. And Steven Seagal's going to be here. I see Gal. We never see get Gal. Gallagher anymore. Yeah, no, I spoke to him in a week. He said, why don't you ring? His phone's switched off. So I don't know. I'll ring him up in a minute. So this gym stick. What are you on about gym stick for? I was in the car with you and you were, where's the gym stick? Where, what's happened to the gym stick? Where's the gym stick? The gym stick. No one's ever heard of a gym Matt. stick. The gym stick. Oh, the gym stick. The gym stick, right, is this thing. It's like a stick and it's got two bits of like rubbery cable hanging off either end with stirrups. You perfect. And you put them over your tootsies. Oh, then you hold on to the gym stick worse. like a, a bar such as you would in a gym and then you sort of lift it above your head and it's creating resistance. So also, what was this big panic on? Bit of a twerp. Uh, well, because the gym stick got lost in transit. I've been under a lot of pressure. Oh, God. Also, I've lost my bank card. Don't know where that's bloody gone, Eva. If you... Well, that's uh, handy on comic <laughs> relief. <isn't it? laughs> lost my bank card. I I'd be helping. My season tickets is in there, my memberships, and it's a nice little wallet as well. Your face is your wallet now. Oh, yeah, I just use that for when I want sank. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> Can I have a gym stick? <laughs> yeah, I oh, know, the gym yeah, stick... why were you so worried about it? It's sort of like you'd lost your lightsaber and you're a Jedi. <laughs> Where is my gym stick? Well, because you need that gym stick to get all fine fit. You know I'm on a rigorous regime. Can't have any carbohydrates after three. Can't have any food at all after eight. I'm just hard. I've got I the know, gym stick. you've been stick. working very hard, haven't you? Doing uh, pre People have been saying to you, haven't they? That I look ever so muscular. Well, we, we got an email, actually, saying... If you could just, if you see Russell, tell him he looks all big. <laughs> Thank just, you. Just come on, guys, work as a team. Hey, now listen, come on, I'm doing some good work. Now, so the gym stick is simply a device to aid a lad like me in getting fit. It does Has feel... it been found? The gym stick's still at large, it could be anywhere. <laughs> if you see what it's like, it looks like it's in a fishing rod sort of looking case, and it's sort of, it's got idea, it's got big ideas of itself, it's got tickets on itself, the gym really? stick, it thinks it's Why the real it deal. Why has it got its own case? Well, you know, that's the thing with a gym stick. Because it's embarrassing. It's not really. It's when just... you walk into a hotel on tour with your gym stick <laughs> under your arm. Hello! <laughs> 
I've got my gym stick, my yoga mat. I look like a right little twerp checking into places I do. It's ridiculous. If you see my gym stick or my bank card, cover it back, please. I'm called Russell. Thanks. <laughs> I got uh, here's an email. It goes, Vicky. She says I'm called, and I'm from Bourneville. That's where chocolates from. Cadbury, right? Do you know what they've done, Matt? They goes, oh, bleeding little working. Class. Well, they wouldn't have said it like this. They'd have said it like this. Working class people are drinking too much booze. We can trick them into drinking chocolate if we build all little chocolate villages. Remember at the beginning of chocolate uh, at Coronation Street, there used to be that chocolate street for chocolate family. Yeah. Well, that sort of used to exist a bit. They used to all the for the tro- yes, Matt. This yes, is so ill-informed. Chocolate. I, I actually know about this. Cadbury's used to build villages and make people drink chocolate. Bye. No, they didn't. They had a factory and they yeah. built. They had a town and it's yeah. called Bourneville. Yeah. <laughs> Delicious. I've never read those ones. Chocolate. It's not made of chocolate. <laughs> well, I'm not living there, then. worked in chocolate. Right. They built a village so around the factory. In, they had a village and a factory. Yeah. And there's a chocolate dog and you can eat them. And they <laughs> like it. They don't mind. You lick it and it licks you right back. Uh, anyway, this woman from Chocolate Town, Birmingham, goes... Birmingham? Oh, I don't know. Bourneville's near there. I was listening to your recent podcast and heard you talking to a man who wanted his footy mates not to wee on him any longer. This was some lad. I think you were called Anthony. His mates in the shower after football were weeing all over his legs. Little, obviously, he felt victimised by it. He asked us for advice. I suggest, what did you suggest, Matt? Just get into it, sexualise it. I said, don't go there. Don't go anywhere. Well, she says, I was watching a programme about digestion. It said, if you eat beetroot for a week, then you will produce red wheeze. This will shock the hell out of your mates and they won't wee on him again for fear of him weeing on them with his red sea. He, he, he. Vicky from Bourneville that, Chocolate that Town. That can't be true, can it? Can't be, but what if you do? If you elbow yourself really hard in the kidneys and liver, <laughs> <laughs> you will do red wheeze and no one will want to mess with you ever, ever again. This will never happen in my kingdom again. That's that little king out of Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, someone I think about a lot. You've got certain things that just lodged in your head. Yeah. You? That, you always that, that. Coco Pops. Coca Terminator Pops 2 song. and Ray Liotta. Ray that, Liotta, yeah. That is what I've built my personality around. Coco Pops, I think about that every day. Rather have a bowl of Coco Pops. I don't want no Coco Pops or any breakfast Why do you keep saying it? <laughs> I don't know. I just like that little monkey. I think he's cool. And uh, I like the way he was organising a race with the giraffes and how it must be difficult to administrate that. Do you know the difference between reality and adverts? Is this an advert That's now? That's a village. <laughs> There's a race between giraffes. <laughs> Why did the giraffes agree to this race? <laughs> what was the prize? Um, yeah, I do know the difference between reality. Reality is that one where I can't cuddle everybody unless I ask first. And then that one when I'm asleep, I can do what I like. When I'm asleep, I go into a film with me in it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here is a letter off of Jenny explaining to us the complex international diplomatic situation in China that we've been making light of for a couple of weeks. So happy, says Jenny, for our Tibetan brothers and sisters that you've clearly stated the unfairness of the Chinese-Tibet situation. Mockery and ridicule are good weapons against the occupying Chinese foe who can't seemingly be fought any other way. Right, see, so we can laugh them out of Tibet. Just in case you don't already know, well, that's a good as fair assumption, because <laughs> we don't know F all about Nank. The Dalai Lama and the Tibetan government in exile don't want independence from China. Oh, no! We've been trying to drive them out. I hope they weren't listening. And are seeking instead a meaningful autonomy. Right! China, give them a meaningful autonomy. This decision has been taken not because they don't want stroke deserve independence, but because the Chinese army is the largest in the world and the Tibetans are peace-loving, non-violent, unarmed Buddhist Tibetans and are seemingly without a friend in the world. Oh no, it's getting really complicated. When the Chinese president, Hu Jintao, visited the UK last year, Blair publicly fated him and sarcastically remarked that people could wear their free Tibet t-shirts if they want. Thanks, mate, says this person. Except in 1999, when the Chinese last came, the Blair government had all peaceful pro-Tibet 
protesters carried off and roughed up by police. The Chinese must have felt right at home, they exclaimed. That's a bit of right-on comedy for you there, Max. Yes. Right, so anyway, there's a lot of stuff here. It seems that what they it want seems is meaningful. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> Give a meaningful autonomy. Don't leave yet until we've worked out a military you, solution to the problems you, of Tibet. You never learn, do you? What? Don't what get don't involved I learn? in things you don't, haven't read I about. I like to get involved, don't I? It's nice to be involved in things. It gives you something to think about. Now, so I, what's our stance now? What? what? Uh, right. Give Tibet meaningful autonomy. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but if they don't get it, by gum, you're going to see a dark side of me, China. And I've got and I've got military-style boots now, yes, Matt. Yes, I know. Really, don't do If you want to hear them stomping through Beijing, <laughs> then carry on the way you are, because I'm furious. Not since that shopping bag fella was in Tiananmen Square have you faced an adversary like us. Are you going to wear those boots in Hawaii? Yes, I am going to wear my big stompy boots don't. in Hawaii. Why? They don't really fit in here. <laughs> <laughs> what would you have me do, Matt? Dress up as some nimble-footed ballerina, tippy-toeing around? I used to have, like, beetle boots and cool shoes. I wear those when I'm doing being me on the telly. They look like calipers with the metal bits taken off. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've taken... Nothing the... wrong with calipers. Hold on. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with calipers. Why are you saying something? Some like... of us gave money to Comic Relief last night. Where's that? lad outside Woolworths always used to be there. He'd gone now, and there was a girl the outside blind Woolworths. blind boy with a slot in his head. Him. Where's he gone? He's still there. Is he? Just you're not down with the people anymore. Oh, yeah, I don't go Woolworths now, do I? What would I want with Woolworths? What is going on around your house? What? Everyone's concerned it's turned into a shrine to you. People <laughs> <laughs> are. What do you mean, a shrine? It's the, uh, first What's happened at my house? It's all, you've got a harem of women around you <laughs> telling you how good you are. So you know, what? We're living in an overheated bubble. <laughs> of, um, of like, it's all sort of formed from your madness. <laughs> What's wrong with people my... People carrying in flowers. People <laughs> bringing their children to be blessed. <laughs> uh, them kids are a bit of spiddles now. They're the blind shall walk. The deaf shall listen. But what's going on? You've got you've created this sort of um, little mini world. Yeah. Where there's loads of women working for you. Yeah. Bigging you up. Yeah. What's wrong with my mini worlds? Bonkers. <laughs> I like it in there. It's not like it's the like real world where everyone now. pinches you and squeezes you and makes you buy an underground ticket. What are the, what are the rules around your shrine? Around my shrine, go around in your pants. No eye contact. No eye contact, because that makes me have to think about myself and other people and death and stuff like that, what I don't like. And uh, you can't have no carbs after three. Other than that, <laughs> it's pretty much a utopia. It's a glorious place, Matt. I don't know what problem you could have with my overheated uh, self-shrine. How big is your entourage now? Well, I don't know. What did you... They What's ain't got the PAs, housekeepers... Uh... Yes, life coaches. You've got trainers, two personal yeah, trainers. Two personal trainers. Do they know about each other, or are you just they cheating on one with the other? Don't let them find out. There's Jim other. Ball guy and Jim Stick guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Stick guy is named Mike. Steve's the Jim Ball guy. The stick and the ball can never cross like the strings <laughs> in Ghostbusters. If those two meet, we're going to be in a hell of a lot of trouble. I have to keep one in the back. It's like uh, every day of my life is like a bit of Terry and June. Oh, hello, Jim Ball guy. Can I take you straight through to the bedroom? Is that, that, a, Jim, is that stick a Jim Stick case? Then? No, 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 it's no, a Rod, oh, yeah, I'm just going for a bit of fishing, not for exercise. God, no, I do that to unwind after my exercise, which I very much enjoy with you. How much exercise are you doing? Hours of this stuff. I hate it. I'm exhausted. I feel sick at the end of it. Then I have to get up and show off. It's ridiculous. I barely have time to have it off these days. That's like, the best exercise in many ways. It is good, isn't it? Because not the way you do it. 
Because if you... Uh... Selfishly. <laughs> now, listen, Matt, you're... I, I shan't be moving. <laughs> now, you're very welcome to jump around, but there are some repeats of Only Fools and Horses on UK Gold. Uh, they're the ones of Leonard Pierce's granddaddy, and I'm very fond of those, uh, so I'll be watching that. But you feel free to cause chaos on my midriff. Um, yeah, look, you're only saying that because you've seen me have it off because you've been involved with threesomes. There. Don't say that. That'll learn you. My family listened to this. That was a long time ago when we were at school. <laughs> we weren't at school. We was grown adults. I know, we shouldn't have gone there. Simon, (laughs) you mucky devil. So, uh, we've got loads of things to talk about. Steven Seagal's going to turn up here later. That's going to be really weird, isn't it? Is there any news on him? Well, apparently he called up from his hotel, where he's staying. It's a hotel you'd predict he's staying in, because it's got martial arts connotations, or at least a flavour of the East, about the name of the hotel. Uh, He said he will come, but he needs certain conditions to be met. Uh, He needs special chairs, he needs to be polished, things like that. He's got all sorts of curious demands. I wonder if he's still buff. He'll be buff, I would have thought. I mean, in them adverts that come on before the film starts down the cinema, he's, he's uh, taking an ironic look at himself. Has so, he? Yeah, so let's see what he's, he's like. He's cowboy agent. Not that that's... Uh, you know, not like, yeah, he's not just dressed a as a cowboy. Way. He literally was dressed as a cowboy. He's, he's like going, oh, your plumber's the right cowboy. Then he did come around wearing yeah. spurs. He, uh, he uh, said he doesn't get up before midday. Why is that? What's That's he doing? not Buddhist or martial arts. Lazy. Buddhists aren't meant to be lazy. They're meant to acknowledge that life is struggling and meaningless transient illusion. Oh, what's the point? I'm staying in bed. <laughs> oh, go and watch soccer I am. <laughs> That's the wrong attitude. Um, right, hold on. So, Noel Gallagher, we're going to ring him later. Can you do us a favour, please, and send us an email, russell.brand at bbc.co.uk, and leave your phone number on it, just because I'm looking at someone to have it off with, really. <laughs> no, not really. Russell.brand at bbc.co.uk, like, and send us your inquiry and your phone number because, uh, you know, the, fo- the show's pre-recorded at the moment. That's why there's bleeps all over Jonathan Ross's foul-mouthed, stinking, your licence fee swear words that he just done. Right, so um, we're going to do some Cry for Helps where we help people with problems. That's coming up right away. Also, um, we're looking for titles for my autobiography currently called My Bookie Book. Matt <laughs> cynically says that's not a good name this, for a bookie this book. This week he goes to me, I've got to go to Snappy Snaps. I can't believe what a stupid name they've got. I hate it. I have to say Snappy Snaps. I've got to say it. I'm what focused. if there's a murder in there? Yeah, what if what someone's said. murdered in Snappy I said, Snaps? I don't Am I going to phone the police and say there's been a murder in Snappy Snaps? It'll have to be the paper as Snappy Snaps, but it's ridiculous. What I if someone does a whoopsie in the foyer? They'll have to say, I've done a crappy crap in Snappy Snap. <laughs> I was happy slapped by a crappy crap in Snappy Snaps. It could go on. Yes, well, that's what he was saying. I was saying it. And I said, well, you're, you're trying to call your book my bookie book. So what? That's different. It's not a place. Yeah, but if you had your own photo place, you'd call it Snappy Snaps. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> and so you can't rant Thinking about, about it. Thinking about it. Yes, I would. Or you call it Russell's Big Photo Place. Picky Wicky! Picky Wicky! I call it, you know when you were standing over there, we've frozen that now on a bit of paper, here it is! I'd call it that. Oh, God. I wouldn't. That business is never going to work out. My business interests are second to none. We're going to get Duncan Bannantyne in here Bannantine. in a minute. Bannantyne! 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, if it makes you happy. If Seagal don't turn up, I want Bannantyne. That's the next choice. Can we have Stephen Seagal, please? Oh, unfortunately, he's busy. Oh, that's a shame. Can we get Douglas Bannantyne? <laughs> You'd never say that. That's in a What's different category. What's going on with your merchandise, talking about business? What's wrong with our merchandise Well, schemes? I'm just wondering how it's, how it's shifting units. Wise. Shifting a lot of units, mate. I mean, obviously, I don't pay too much interest because I don't want to come across like I'm all care about Painter, money too what much. What a lie. I bet what do you mean? The, bet you on the phone every morning from your shrine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, followers, that's enough for today. Leave me alone now. I must pray. <laughs> What's going on about my knickers? I sell knickers with my face on. What how many units are we shifting? 
Shift yeah. more. Shift more units. Here, hold on, though. Do you remember when Tesco sold knickers with people's faces on? Me, Timberlake, You cling to Hitler. this, don't you? Who sold the most? Oh, Russ, that's who. By four to one, outselling Timberlake. He's got this all stitched onto a quilt at his shrine. <laughs> Once upon a time, they were selling knickers at Tesco's. And our dear leader outsold everyone. <laughs> Will you stop undermining my precious cult? Now, here is a letter from Gemma Barker. She sent down a computer. She goes, I think you should call your book... Oh, no, she doesn't agree with Bookie Wook. She says, call it Russell Brand, Wine, Gums, Envy and Pieces of Rainbow. That's how I think me and Noel Fielding said when we was on that quiz of the year. Me and Noel Fielding doing that thing soon in our ball. Think all tickets sold out. If they ain't, why don't you come? Or just turn up, see if you can get in using tricks. Another person called Chris and Laura... That's a weird name. Says, call your book Branded for Life. All right, I could do. Another person says... Call it my bookie-wookie. Well, fair enough. That's Lindsay McFarlane. So there's some suggestions. People are quite keen. Now, we've got to do something important now, Matt. So I'm going to expect you not to be childish because we've got to do something that is about putting your fingers up inside your own anus. Now, that is because it is Prostate Cancer Awareness oh, Week takes place from the 19th to the 25th of March. Now, fortunately, I'm someone who's scarcely out of there. Yeah, it's, it's really good that that check chimes with your hobbies. <laughs> it's given perfect confidence. I only hope that next week is what be self-indulgent week and build a shrine to yourself and live in it week. Uh, treating prostate cancer, questions and answers. Who's given you this to handle? Look, look, mate. I've this done comic relief. Mistake. I can handle serious matters Come if on you then, like. Carry on. Right, well, watch me handle it all seriously. Firstly, my mum had cancer a lot when I was growing up, which I never try and make capital out of. So I'm very sensitive to issues like cancer. Prostate Cancer Awareness Week. Be aware of it. I'd like to draw your attention, says Holly Hall, PR executive for Prostate Cancer Research, to Prostate Cancer Awareness Week and ask you to give it a mention on your programme to a friend or to a family member. Well, once he's on the radio, you might as well say it to everyone. So she doesn't saying, think much of our listener Pizza, base. Pizza, what, why, what do you mean? Well, she, you know, she's using our, our radio programme to talk to a friend. Yeah, we'd just use a CB if it was for that. We'd loads of people listen. Over 3,000 men are diagnosed with prostate cancer every year in the UK and it kills 10,000. These numbers are similar to breast cancer. However, the awareness levels of the two diseases are very different and need to be changed. Right, come on, there's not treatment. Now, if you have got... Just stick your fingers up. Doesn't it affect older men, though, prostate cancer? Hold on, let's find out. Find out. Um, (laughs) A man is diagnosed with prostate cancer every three minutes. Therefore, it's very likely you'll know someone who has the disease. And due to being a taboo subject, you're unlikely to know about it. Hmm, all this information conforms to it being Matt. Matt! (laughs) (laughs) You almost certainly got it. you've got me. The Prostate Cancer Research Centre offers a free information booklet treating prostate cancer, questions and answers. Many wives have requested this for their husbands, mothers, and sons and daughters have done it for their dads. It's easy to read and describes different treatments. Prostate cancer needs to be talked about so more cases can be caught early so but you get a better chance of survival. You just have to check. Uh, they're a little yellow family. No, right, the symptoms are... <laughs> <laughs> you flounder on your own joke. <laughs> <laughs> what is prostate cancer? Your body is made up of millions of cells which continually renew themselves. Da, 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 da. Yeah, Where yeah. is the prostate? It's a gland found only in men just below the bladder. Wait, I wonder if that's that thing where it's quite nice, you know, during the old wasp name, to have a bit of how's your father. I hope that don't trouble it. Is this all in the book? Yeah. <laughs> they should have checked these This facts. is mucky. We need to deal with this. We can't just leave that hanging. Hold on, we'll get to it. We've actually done less for prostate cancer. No, we ain't, mate, we're making people aware of it. Oi, yeah, but we're be aware of it. Them. Put your fingers out your bum. Put your fingers out your Don't bum. Why? <laughs> Give us a cuddle. Smell it. <laughs> <laughs> Difficulty or pain in passing urine. Right. 
having to rush to the toilet past urine. That's Matt. Frequent that's only visits I've got to, to the get back toilet. The song ends. <laughs> Frequent visits to the toilet, especially at night. <gasps> I do that. Starting and stopping while urinating. Well, sometimes I do that. I, I do that to liven it up. Liven it up a bit. Plus, I thought it'd be good at holding in ejaculation. Oh. Well, why not? Come on, spice up your life. Dribbling urine. Well, frankly, you shouldn't <laughs> put it in your mouth. <laughs> if you're filling your cheeks with urine, prostate cancer ain't the problem. The problem is you're a massive perv, you sexy devils. A feeling of not having emptied the bladder fully. I get that. I know, you're always going on about it. Oh, no. The irony. I'll be dead within the week. No, I won't, because I'll do the test. Now, get your fingers straight up your aris. Seems to be the general gist. There's surely a website so that we can feel unburdened. Uh... Oh, come on, website. Matt. People in uh, power are now thinking, never give Russell anything <laughs> serious to do. No, they're not, because I'm making it accessible to idiots. <laughs> you ratting through that leaflet. Where's the website? I can't find no website, but if you Google prostate cancer and stuff like that, be aware of what goes on up your own bum. Now, uh, so send us, an <laughs> <laughs> send us an email, russell.brand.bbc.co.uk. Remember to include your phone number so we can contact you. Now, someone else with a problem has idiotically <laughs> contacted us. Knowing as they must that we really can't help them. Uh, this person is called Andy. Andy, are you there, mate? Andy! Oh, sorry, sorry. Just what are you my doing? Up my bum. Hold on. You dirty devil. You weren't even <laughs> checking for prostate cancer, were you? I bet you were just trying to make time pass quickly. Well, how's it going, mate? Yeah, good. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hello. We're all very well in here. We've got quiet a puffy. Hello. Oh, a little person. Who's that? That's my little girl. Say hello. How old she? Hello, Russell. Give us hello, her. Russell. Oh, hello, oh. darling. You all right? <laughs> now I feel guilty right, about saying I like you. I like you. Oh, I, I love like you. You want to see Russell? Oh, <laughs> I could give her a little hello. kiss. Hello, darling. You all right? You a good girl? Oh, Christ. What's happened to her? Hello. Hello. Oh, <laughs> a little person. I like to give her a cuddle. How old is she? How old She's, are you doing? Uh, two and a half. Oh, two oh. and a half. Let's have children. Yeah. Don't look at me like that. We're not a couple. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Neither of us has got a womb, but we could get one off another country or something. Now then, what seems to, what seems to be the trouble, uh, Andy? Right, well, what it is is that uh, I've been given the honour of bestest of men mm. at a wedding, my mate's wedding. Right. And uh, with that, Poison Chalice comes the, uh, the, the speech. Speech. Which speech. Needs to be speech. witty, needs to be entertaining, yep. and uh, you guys being the Cape Crusaders of wit and the written word, I need help. I need gags. Right, we can help you. Firstly, when is this bloody wedding? It's uh, in April, so I've got a month to go. Month right. of prep. Okay, well, you've got to be very warm and engaging and honest. Matt's Anec got anecdotes. Tips. You need anecdotes. Yeah, tell yep. You need to interview his family. You need to get the facts on this guy. Get the facts yeah. on him. Yeah, firstly, <laughs> you need to make a list of anecdotes and interesting facts about him. Tell us a few. Let's get the ball rolling. Tell us who is it that's getting married. His name's Steve, and he's married Rona, and... Um, yeah. Uh, what can I say? Can, think of anything he's done. Something embarrassing. Something embarrassing. That's a that's a tricky thing because he's 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 a straight guy and he doesn't really do much embarrassing stuff. Doesn't um, he? Let's dig a no, little deeper. Stuff up. Tell some and, lies. And of course, all the all the anecdotes involve ex-girlfriends years and years ago, which oh, is yeah. a no-no. You mustn't do that because that might undermine the whole wedding. What about the stag yeah, do? Has the stag do happened yet? Hasn't happened yet. No, right. It's going to be. Uh, Something will in, happen. In a couple of weeks. What are you planning? 
Uh, I don't know, yeah. Um, I think we'll probably go up and do the snow dome up in... Um... Do the snow dome? Do the snow dome. It's a dark <laughs> sensation. Do the snow dome. It's sweeping the nation. Do the snow dome. Show us your boobs. Do the snow dome. Don't be so rude. It's the snow dome, snow dome, snow dome. What is a snow dome? I have no idea. Well, don't go then. I think that's one of them things where you it's shake indoor. it and snow happens. Yeah, we'll go in there. Of them. A great big one of them. That's going to be There's a bouncy stupid. castle inside it and you jump up and down, I think. Be careful in bouncy castles, mate. A lot of things can go wrong in there. What's your daughter up to? She's gone mental. Sorry, mate? What's up with your daughter? She's gone balmy. She's she high on life. She's bonkers. Yeah, Evie, Evie. Thank you, sweetie. Oh, right. people living in domestic life. It's not like that round at the shrine, let me tell you, mate. No way. Wouldn't have that, would you? No, no way. She'd be thrown out of the cult for them kind of antics. <laughs> there might have to be a sacrifice. <laughs> no, there Jesus. wouldn't. We don't sacrifice children in the cult. Not yet, at the moment. It's still early days. Um, so, OK. Um, mm. Right, well, listen, we need the raw materials, Andy. You've got, yeah. to, think of, you've got to think of things. How long have you been mates with him? Oh, about 20 years. Right, 20 years. There's got to be... 20 years and nothing's like happened. If nothing's happening in 20 years, he's obviously some Don't sort of... Don't go to the wedding. Don't go, it'll be boring. <laughs> Poor old Rona. <laughs> Poor Rona, yeah, what's she, she doing? She doesn't marry a statue. <laughs> she may as well. She'll be doing prostate tests just to get the evening to go by with a bang. <laughs> oh, come oh, on. God. Who gave That's him a leaflet about that? <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, I've... Right, now, you need to tell us some things that you've done. Think about those things. List right. them down, then connect them all together. I'll tell you one thing that's a good idea is to write a poem, right? Because poems yeah. in Increase humour somehow. G will tell you this. What? You can get away with murder in a poem, <laughs> then stand up comedy. You just wouldn't get away with. People like to hear Rhymes. things rhyme, don't they? Do they? Of course limerick. they do. Yeah, say if you go, um, it's difficult to be Steve's best man. I've been trying as hard as I can. Um, don't uh, do I was this. nervous about the speech. I had to get plastered because there's nothing to write because he's a boring bastard. Right? <laughs> That's just the kickoff. Something like that. People like that would get more right laughs than just saying he's a boring bastard. Yeah, so, maybe. like, you know, so, like, yeah, try a little poem. But the first thing is to uh, acquire. And accumulate but facts. Don't, don't deliver I need, it in that I need, sort I of Robbie Williams gag, rap line. Like. Get them all roaring at the beginning. I don't want to rock, DJ. Oh, I like hippity hops. <laughs> it's yeah, my no. best man speech. Everyone down. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best best man speech in town. <laughs> yeah, because then you might make yourself die of shame for embarrassment. Because once you've started and committed to it, and oh. everyone's going, what is he doing? What is he doing? He's doing a song. He's ruined the wedding. He's, He's ruined himself. the wedding. <laughs> He's drunk. Get him out of here. He's doing a self-exam at a time like this. <laughs> What's wrong with these people? Yeah, so get them facts. Do a poem. Uh, Mr. G, Mike, uh, should he do a poem, G? Yeah, I've done a poem for a, for a wedding before. You've done a Best Man poem. How did it go? It went very, very well. I was, the, got a lot of female attention. You got female attention. Andy, you've probably married her because you've got that baby Evie scuttling yeah, around. Yeah, yes, yeah. It's happened to me. Still with her mum? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thank God for that. Don't depress us. <laughs> trying to keep upbeat. Right, all right then, mate. So that is the advice that we've given you. Thank you very Thank much you very for your much. call, Andy. Do, do let us know how it went. Oh, say help in that voice. Uh, hell, help! <laughs> nice! <laughs> you did a sort of a scratch version yeah. there. It's a Beastie Boys help. All right, mate. Um, well, thank you very much. Take care. Good luck. Let us know how Thanks, it goes, guys. mate. Give Evie a kiss. Bye. Do you reckon when he uh, said... Hey, Rush, Rush, yeah. do I go? I, you, you should call your Brooks. The Brooks, they wouldn't let me call the bookie work.
The book they wouldn't That's let me good. call the bookie work. Clever. It's another That's layer. Clever. Nice work, Andy. Thank you very much. Good. See you yes. guys. Post bye bye. Cheers, Andy. Bye, Andy. Bye. Love you. Love you. Yeah, so he's a nice fellow, isn't he? Do you reckon when he went, help? His daughter turned around and for a moment thought, what's wrong? Wrong? I know, that, that brilliant thing that happened with them punks. Do you remember that, Matt? Oh, we told brilliant, us. wasn't it? We, we were told this before. Have we told on the radio? Yes. All oh, right, we won't tell you then. It was good, though. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Russell Brand on Radio 2. Now, there's a few issues that we talked about last week that I wanted to clear up with you, Matt, uh, and everyone who's listening, as a matter of fact. This one's from Rick. Uh, he, he loves the show, he says. Uh, regarding Mr. Wimpy, because last week we were talking about yes. Mr. Wimpy because a woman phoned us. She's got phobia about people that wear those outside costumes, such as you might discover at Disneyland or other theme parks, or in Wimpy restaurants. Remember when we were children, you have a pie at Wimpy, then Mr. Wimpy turns up. But as we pointed out last week, he got no eyes, and he's just got a big boiled potato nose. nose, and he sort of <laughs> lumbers up to you, <laughs> all silent and mewling, great, great big boffin. What do you think that things like that are called, Matt? You think they're called something like a ganuff or something? What earth are you talking you about? You said, remember, there was that girl we used to know, and you go, she should be called a gnome or a... Oh, um... Uh, what was your thought of some word? I can't remember. And it sounded like a fraggly type word. Who were them big idiots that lived with the fraggles? Do you remember them guys? Yeah. There was the doozers. They were all right. Dozers. They, dozers. They were getting their works done. Gorgs. Gorgs. They were the big ones, were they? <laughs> Rick, Matt's mate <laughs> from Dartford just went, Gorgs, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gorgs, they was called. I hated them. They was mugs. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, them. I didn't like them. They were right, because um, there was a slight, a rubbish heap that had a voice. Yeah, yeah, she <laughs> was wise. Yeah, mommy, I got a fraggle. <laughs> Trash heap. The trash heap was That's all white. That's your Courtney Love voice. <gasps> oh, I love you... Courtney. I know, but you do that voice for her. <laughs> hey, Russell. She talks like that more. Hey, man. <laughs> I don't have a voice for her. Come on, don't rip her. She's sensitive. Right. Now, listen. Regarding Mr. Wimpy, when I was a child, I went to a birthday party at Wimpy, says Rick, and he abused us too. <laughs> Not like that, I don't think. Which <laughs> <laughs> certainly should elicit laughter. Uh, it was supposedly dancing, but he seemed to be using this dance as an excuse to kick children. <laughs> 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 hey, I'm just dancing! I'm dancing! I'm dancing! <laughs> Kicking children! What kind of crazy river dance was he doing? Going around the restaurant, booting kids. You um, wouldn't get that from the Chinese Ronald McDonald. Of course you wouldn't. It'd be gentle, so he might occupy to bed. But we don't know enough about it yet. The birthday boy's little sister ended up crying and was one of three people who ended up with bruised shins. This is like a litany what? of people's injuries and that. Towards the end of the party, we are all fed up with his antics and decided to throw all the leftover food at him. He couldn't handle the taste of his own medicine and left rather quickly. I'm glad he's not around anymore. I bet, <laughs> I bet Mr Wimpy didn't have the, like, the shoes weren't consistent with the costume, but yeah. he just had his grubby little trainers. <laughs> Gola trainers. I reckon maybe they were like kickboxing boots, like they sort of hooked over, but the soles were not interconnected. Yeah. And then you could see the actual yes. feet skip, yeah. skidding around underneath. So they looked like big beefeater boots, but yeah. underneath there's they were just horrible truth. Scuttly little like black plimp soles from PE. <laughs> <laughs> All tight and gnawed. Uh, here's one from M. She was talking about the girl herself, you know, the girl, she was going to Euro Disney for a, a, to celebrate her engagement or something, wasn't she, that bird we spoke mm. to last week, I can't quite remember. If that girl does go to Euro Disney, she'd better watch her back. <laughs> well, <laughs> the hell, it's a threat. I went to Universal Studios and some guy, dressed up as the Green Goblin, came pegging it out of nowhere and scared the living SHIT, pegging it out of me. I was quite shaken up and nearly wet myself. Emma from Liverpool. That's a bit worrying, actually, isn't it? The Green Goblin? Yeah, he's, a, he's an enemy of Spider-Man. couldn't take him seriously because he wore a skirt with little green legs and he stood on a like, hoverboard. You're always sexualising people. I was sexualising it. You sexualised the Incredible Hulk and said these boobs turned you on. 
they were lovely. We're going to talk when about he, green monsters. In the break, where you go, like that, and you clench his knockers together. I was thinking, mm, I would like you when you're angry. I'll give you the cuddling of your lifetime. That's and, not what you're meant to think as a little boy watching The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, I was too sexualised when I was a kid. I should yeah. never read all that porn around my dad's house when I was about four every single week, week after week. Playboy <laughs> has got cartoon like porn. you read it. You didn't just look at it. I did read it. I used to, like, until I was a much older man, if I got porn mags, I'd go straight to the stories. I found them more stimulating. I not the way they move. They, the story, they, they were so mm. deprioritised. They would go turn to page 11, then yeah. you'd get another bit of the story. They, they were turn... deprioritised, then you have to go to the you to... turn to page 43. I know. Yeah, they were not properly... You couldn't just the read edit... it in one go. It was. I mean, you're doing it one-handed. <laughs> <laughs> As it is, about spreading it across a load of pages. They should make it easy for yeah. you, shouldn't they? Yeah, you're quite right. But a lot of them stories, I think, was made up, and the letters. Of course, because they're all written in the same style. I yeah. used to think, hang on, everyone who sends these in uses the same words. Same words, same style, same... Girth. Yeah, girth, that was a popular one, wasn't it? But they, they stayed with me and gave me unrealistic expectations of sex, which yeah. I've had to work very hard to make I, realistic. I think, as uh, young lads, the more cultured people, they sort of read the stories. I know. did. He used to go, oh, I just read the stories, actually. Actually, I just read the articles in Playboy. <laughs> you know the one where it talks about bumming? <laughs> and it, apparently this lady went on a skiing holiday and with the instructor, there was some bumming happened. <laughs> it's very informative. Brilliant article, actually. <laughs> on the piece, they called it. Dear Matt and Russ, as a girl, says Cheryl, in Albuquerque, America, wow. yeah, Imagine that, Americans listening. Albuquerque. Albuquerque. I met a guy from Albuquerque. He looked like he had a hangdog face. He looked a bit like Droopy. Very happy. That's him. A girl in America who, who used to wear Wonder Woman underoos. Uh, like, oh, as a girl in America uh, and who used to wear Wonder Woman underoos. Come on, Russ, you can do this. And watch Linda Carter religiously. What do we mean? I'm shocked and appalled at your blatant ignorance of female superheroes of the League of Justice. I demand you educate yourselves at once. First we go blundering into the China and Tibet issue, and now this is about Wonder Woman. Matt, in emboldened letters, the cuffs that repel bullets are the most... Not the least realistic thing about her powers. Think of titanium. Ooh, Matthew. <laughs> Russell, it's not a whip. It's a lasso. And every woman <laughs> yearns to make men tell the truth. What a power that would be if Wonder Woman could use her lasso on world leaders. What a world we could live in. What is a lasso of truth? I suppose so. You, put, you throw that lasso around it and then they tell the truth. Yeah. That's mad! That's rubbish. How can you do it if you're on the phone to someone? What do you mean? You she's on lasso. the phone. You, yeah, she's on the phone at someone. She can't, she's a superhero. She can't make him tell yeah, the truth. Yeah, but Superman can't use his uh, beaming I'm eyes. I'm coming round and then the lasso. lasso through the window. You better prepare to tell the truth because the lasso could be there any minute now. <laughs> and don't try and shoot me either because I've got my cuffs on. And what about Tony Blair last night, Matt, on uh, uh, that good sketch with Catherine Tate, the brilliant Catherine yeah. Tate. But weren't he bloody... Like, he's good Very at acting, good at wasn't acting. he? Very good at acting in a way that makes you think, well, the whole government's an absolute sham. We definitely shouldn't have got involved with that war. He's lying brilliantly every day of his life. It don't bother him a jot. He shouldn't have done that, should he? He's brilliant. He was a pop star once, wasn't he? But when was he? Oh, yeah, he used in, to be in Ugly Rumours. Ugly Rumours. Do you think that Tony Blair it just has the same driving motivational will to power that I have? Ego. Just thinks, I want to be powerful. Yeah. Right. He tried being a rock star. Didn't work. Didn't work. Oh. Was a politician for a bit. Didn't work. Cause <laughs> <laughs> a great big silly unnecessary war. So what should we do then? Uh, can we start a political party? No. Please.
Jeez. You've got a shrine. What more do you want? A bigger shrine that covers countries. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right then. Yeah. So mm, we're against old Tony Blair doing that a bit, aren't we? I reckon, no. I, I reckon he's probably a nice bloke, Tony Blair. He'd probably get on with him, but I do think that's not a good I don't trust his eyes. for crazy wars. Why in pictures of him in newspapers is one eye always depicted as much bigger than the other? Has he got one? Because like if you see in what? The Guardian, which I read, there when there's, there's what you drawing, write for? I write for it, don't I? Yeah, read that. It's good. Right. There's a, there's, whenever there's a drawing of Tony Blair, they drew him with one eye big and one eye little. I don't get it. Always. Just to make him look, you know... It's, well, it's, demonic and mental. Yeah, I don't think... It's a reference to his real face. Because I've been studying Why don't you go to his real face and look at it? I've been looking at it. I can't get no answers there, Matt, so I've come to you and you spurn me. Now, why is it that there's some lad at your school, you smashed his head on a desk and made his eyes wonky? <laughs> That's what I want to know the truth about. Let's I start. didn't. I threw a bag out of a window. Yes. Richard... M oh, no, I can't say his name. Say a make-up name. Uh, Richard McGinty. That's him. <laughs> yeah. I threw a bag yeah. and by accident hit him on the head, right? And he right. Well, hold on. Accident. No, I was throwing a bag out of a window. Oh, yeah. You're just doing your bag throwing <laughs> duties. Matt, the diligent bag thrower of Form 4, was just carrying out his throwing bags out of windows duties. Why are we throwing bags out of windows? Uh, because, um, I can't remember Sexist. why, but it was, uh, it was a physics lesson and right. we had to do... You were bullying someone, was no, you, I you bully boy? No. You're a bully boy! I can't remember what we were doing, but I threw a bag at a window. At a window. Well, don't grill me on this, you're not the cops. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, don't be jabbing that index finger at me, mate. Get out your Aris and check for your prostate. I'm which, right. if there's any justice in the world, will be flaring right up now <laughs> as punishment for your bully boy tactics. No, what happened was I threw a bag, it hit someone on the head. Yeah, then what happened? But he was one of those people who had a wonky face and always did. <laughs> one of those people? Oh yeah, the wonky face gang. Yeah. But anyway, but he had a bit of a wonky face and that was just like, you just knew that he had a wonky face. Yeah. Right? Then and you then, went into the bathroom. No, no. To try and dampen down. At school. <laughs> probably did at drama school. <laughs> probably on. a set. Let's go to the parlour. <laughs> you, 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 you. Let went... me get my story out on, before then. you start grilling me. And then I threw a bag and then he went to, he went, oh God, I think, I think it's hurt my eye. Right. Went to the toilets. Looking I went in the with mirror. him because, you know, you don't want him to go and grass you up. Exactly. So you was trying to damp down the fires. When you going, oh, I'll come with you, Richard McGinty. I was just doing that bag as an experiment. Trying to absorb up his tears and make him laugh like when you bullied your little brother as a kid who yeah. hero worshipped you. Stop going on about things like that. <laughs> Making me out to be a bad man. How <laughs> you are, you're a bad You've guy. You've got a shrine to yourself. So what? I deserve that shrine. Let's go to the news and then we we'll I've got to finish this story. Nope, it comes out. Go on then. Yeah, then he went to the uh, toilets and he saw yeah. himself in the mirror and fight and sort of had this epiphany where he realised he had a wonky face and thought it was because the bag had hit him. Because <laughs> my eyes, one of them's higher than the others. <laughs> but they'd always been wonky. Other. Yeah. He had a wonky face, but, it, but he'd never noticed it. He'd never noticed then. it until that And then day. he'd blame me for it. Do you reckon he had always noticed it before? Hold on, here's an opportunity for me to pass this wonky no. face off. He's just Matt sort of Morgan's never really doing. looked at himself in the mirror. Oh, I've got a one eye higher than the other. A lot of people do. I won't worry about it. I think it's nice. Now, listen, let's go Hang to... On, why didn't you deny that and say, no, you haven't? Because uh, you have. Oh, now, <laughs> right, we're going to have some newsy-poozy now. Now, Andrea Simmons, often she is errant in our absence and don't do our bidding. Say wonky face. Say wonky face and also say, Jonathan Ross is a swearing sex criminal. <laughs> Steven Seagal is letting us down because he's going the Millennium Dome because he thinks that it's really near his hotel when it's the other side of London. 
So Steven Seagal won't be coming here. So let's try and get his agent on the phone and say, what the hell is going on? Why won't he... What, he's going to the... I don't know, he's going there to look at a location or kick a door in or something. I don't know what he's up to. He's a madman. We can't trust Steven Seagal. He's no telling what he'll do next. He might come in here, kung fu chop you in the leg, and then who knows what he'll do. You can try, mate. You can try you do your Krav Maga. I'll do You could have spoken to him about that, couldn't you? Yeah. You could have spoken I wouldn't have done, though. I don't. I'd have bought it up, though. I'd keep it secret. I'd have bought it up. I'd have gone, Matt likes to do karate on people's necks and that, don't you? Yeah, well, I'd tell him about your gym stick. He would Here be go. familiar with the gym stick. I wouldn't use a gym stick. <laughs> the gym stick is one of the noblest arts. <laughs> Since time immemorial, man and gym stick have been in perfect harmony. So, uh, there's some important things to say about... Oh, yeah, it'd be good, don't it? We've got, let's get his agent on the radio, right, and go, uh, oh, Stephen can't come. You know, oh, no, no, he's busy. Go, uh, can we have Duncan Bannertine, then? <laughs> You know, it seems like the next obvious point on that journey. I wonder who else he's got. I mean, yeah. Let's go for his old clients. What's the next step down from that? Um, I reckon Suzanne Mizzy, Mitzi for the page free girl. Or like it's better than Duncan. Edwina Curry. Like, uh, what happened to her? Tony Martin, Norwich farmer turned <laughs> renegade shooter of trespassers. We can get you Tony Martin. <laughs> I don't know about him. He's a, he's a bit of a loose cannon. Um, so we've got some important things to say, right? We'll be talking to Noel a bit later, unless he's gone off to the Millennium Dome. There's nothing in the Millennium Dome. What's he going there for? It's weird, isn't what it? What is really? in there, actually? Nothing. That is a big a waste casino. of space. It was a stupid idea, wasn't it? It was folly. They could use that to be something really good. Big snow dome. They could have a snow dome could in London. Could have a snow dome there or a great big life-size Subutio. <gasps> You're obsessed oh. with Subutio, aren't you? I am you? a bit. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Do you ever apparently... still play it? No, I ain't got my bits. They're up in the loft. <laughs> 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 I can get them down, though, if you want. I was good at that. It's, it's the only thing I was ever good Subutio. at. You hold the little man. You don't that... hold him, mate. If that's against the rule, you'd be penalised for that. You have to flick him. You need two fingers or root to the mat at all times. Really? Uh, yeah, they've changed back to the paper men now. They don't have the plastic ones. I was good, right? Because like, I tried, like it, the t when I was little, they were all white, all the players. So I had to make some black to correspond with the actual racial demographic of the team. And blonde ones, uh, ones I remember most, are Kerry Dixon of Chelsea <laughs> and Frank McAvenny of West Ham. I had to have little blonde haircuts painted in. Really? I was a lonely, lonely I think you were focusing boy. on the wrong things. <laughs> what should I've been doing? My social skills or something. Did you have to write that? names on their backs no you get well no you just stick the number because they didn't have names on their backs in them days so just a number would suffice just was numbers one to eleven good traditional you knew where so, he was nine and ten up front seven eleven can't on the wait wings, for your five book to, to come out center backs the there's a couple of chapters on subutio heroin yeah i was doing some subutio today i've just found this brown powder that makes subutio not matter no more <laughs> Someone has sent us this thing. It's Alicia. No, that's the person. But the thing is a tattoo. <laughs> Alicia, I finally saved up the money to fly over at the end of last year to see a show from Australia. Blah, 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 Blimey, blah, she blah. Where's the Australia? tattoo? Uh, well, this isn't a tattoo one. What's this? I don't know what she's saying. Look, she, this is... So, this woman who's flown over here from Australia has had sighting, like one of the things I say, tattooed on her wrist. Let's oh put it up on the God. website. But thing is, I don't say it that much now. Well, you the, better start again. I will. Now someone's had it tattooed. I didn't realise it had caught on. Sighting <laughs> that my catchphrase has caught on and been tattooed on people's wrists. Nice to have people to face their bodies with She'll my She'll turn that into something else. Some no, other catchphrase it. will come out. No, let's leave it that. That's nice. Sighting. Oh, no, we, we're not in control of what she has on her body. We are, because we made her do that. Let's make her do other stuff. Why don't you come here? <laughs> no, hold on. 
No, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, sighted, that's a nice little catchphrase. Well done, love. <laughs> on the you BBC. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be a sexist, it's my childhood. Now, there's the same important. Oh yeah, now come on, we've been number one podcast for ages and ages. When are we doing the ice cream van? It's hot out now. Don't shout at me, you're the one who's in charge of Mikey's it. Mikey's fault. It's Mikey, he's meant to be in charge you know what, of Mikey? Mikey and Chris. Mikey, I think he's not a fully professional. Why is he not in, in uh, already organised this ice cream trip? Because. He, has he done anything else unprofessional? One. He's not in, arranged our ice cream van trip to celebrate us he, being the number one podcast in the country. He lost Seagal. He lost Seagal. That's two crimes. Seagal's gone. Where's the ice cream van? Mikey is unprofessional. Is there any other evidence, Matt, that Mikey has been unprofessional? Well, I did get a text message. Oh, a text, actually, you say? What on, did it say, what this day text was message? Was it Friday, I think? Or yeah. Thursday? I can't remember. One of so, those days. Oh, how random. Do you remember Victoria Churchill? Oh, Victoria Churchill, yeah. The she burlesque was a dancer. burlesque dancer that cried for help on our show, asking for advice for her burlesque dancer persona me and matt suggested that she become victoria churchill the wartime dancer yeah. what was it um, passion without ration Just don't ration that. the passion don't ration that the passion the sort of world churchill. war ii themed burlesque world All war ii good. themed burlesque when that we thought was the end of it well, we thought we, so we dealt with it in a professional matter we gave the advice we put them out to one side what happened next matt? i get a text from mikey mikey who works for the bbc yeah. saying oh how random oh. I'm, I'm here at the uh, working men's club in bethnal Green. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's Who are you, Chuckley at McVie? <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, oh, Victoria Churchill's on stage. And I was like, oh, oh that's amazing. That's really random. Uh, how, is that completely random or did you know she was going to be on? Oh, she texted me and told oh, me to come along. Oh, she texted. I wonder so. if there'll be any more of these eerie coincidences. I think we can expect a text from Mikey who works for the BBC as an assistant producer over the next few weeks. Oh, how random. Victoria Churchill's in my bed. <laughs> Oh, how random! The girl that phoned up once with grey pubic hairs is pregnant now with my baby. Oh, how random! I've been stealing licensed payers' money to set up my own Mikey's Dinkle sex service. Why don't you set up that ice cream van, Mikey, so you can have it off with listeners in the back while me and Matt Morgan toil for the BBC. We've been working for comic relief while you've been fiddling with yourself in a Bethnal Green working men club. Irony of it is he don't even do no bloody work. He shouldn't be allowed in there, should he? Disgusting. What happened? Did he tell you any more info? He sent me a photo. He sent a photo? So he's taking photographs he was, of her? Uh, he was sitting, you know, in the front row, taking photos of her, leering. Unbelievable. Leering. Swilling his beer. Swilling, gargling his beer. Yeah. Probably spitting into yeah, a spittoon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's coming into the room. Mikey. Mikey, what You're going to justify yourself. Just shook his head. <laughs> shook his little head. Mikey, don't do your prostate examinations now. Wait till you get home. Dirty Hopping little devil. Off there off he goes. <laughs> like right. his own little hand puppet. Oh, look, here is a, here's a... This is what Mikey just thrust into my fist with his clammy little palm. This is a, a, a message from Vicky Churchill, the uh, burlesque dancer. Hello, Mikey. I spoke to Julie, the photographer. This is, like, private. We don't know anything that's going on. <laughs> Hello, Mikey. I spoke to Julie, the photographer, on Thursday evening. She will mail me some photos to pass on Tuesday. She emailed this flyer for the mail tour. What's going on? Mail tournament? Now, how's about you get yourselves down and perform all in the name of research? Well, I think Matt and Russell should do a double act. All the best, Vicky Churchill. It'll be a cold day in hell. She's turning into Seagal's agent. She, this, she ain't working for Seagal. 
Oh, what, what would you mean? Well, with all, uh, like with all, uh... Uh, Russell and Matt can do a double. Hey, act. why don't you come down here? I can get you Douglas Bannertine and, <laughs> and Tony Martin do some mud wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so, <laughs> um, Mikey's a right little disgrace to the BBC, he is terrible, isn't he? Isn't he? Who would have thought that? We trusted that lad. See, we don't get any of the, you know, the women. None of the cream. All Where's the, people the cream? Around us, they get the chicks. They get all the chicks. They're picking. We're up. too busy doing stuff for charity. Working and toiling. I think Matt and, Matt and Russell should do a double act. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. Dear, oh dear. Oh, God. Oh, Christ. Oh, no, not on Jesus' planet. What a show it's been so far. We've got all that ice cream van out. What we need is a Mr. Fix-It. We can't trust Mikey. He's just using this show as a conduit for winky juice. That's all he cares about, that lad. <laughs> but guess, guess who we've got here? Why? It's none other than Richard Hillgrove, agent to the stars, including Stephen Seagal. Woo! Woo! Richard, where the bloody hell Seagal? He's en route from the Millennium Dome. What was he going to Millennium <laughs> Dome for? What's he doing there? <laughs> He's sorting out a movie deal. Why? What's happening there the, for? The film production company told him to go to the Millennium Dome, picked him up, took him over there, and um, so now he's en route, having struck a deal. Is he definitely coming here, is he? He's on his way. Is he nice? He's a lovely guy. What will happen if I... I think, I think the, the little short Scottish guy looking after him mm. has come. up. Mikey? No, 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 not Mikey. <laughs> oh. uh, another short Scottish guy, yeah. uh, not Duncan. Yeah, is it weird? He's got a little Scottish guy looking after him. Doing it's what? not Duncan. I wonder if Steve's... He's just minding him. Is he hard? Is he sort of... Is, what's he like? I'm not sure if he's hard. No, but, um... Seagal. Richard, don't sexualise this! <laughs> Sorry. Come on! Won't be invited is, back. Is he a, a sort of action hero in his real life? He is because martial arts is very much a part of his life, and so that was an extension of what he loves doing by actually putting it onto the screen. We just extended it into a film. Can I make a film where I have a love shack his and people story. just give me a big sexy cuddle on the leg? <laughs> I'd like to extend my life into a film. There is talks of him doing Under Siege 3. Is there? Yeah. But is, yeah. he, is it going to be filmed or is he just going to do it at the Millennium Dome? <laughs> no, no one notices. <laughs> right, so Steven Seagal will be here any moment. Richard Hillgrove, agent. Hope. We hope. Well, there's still an element of doubt. Exactly. Why do you wear a cowboy hat? You do realise that that makes you seem like a charlatan. It's an Australian outback hat. Oh, like fine. A New Zealander. Oh, oh, fine. Come round here in your What's outback What's under the hat? hat? There's nothing other than a small ball patch. I think he's nice. <laughs> Don't make people feel unhappy. Oh. You're a nice fella, you aren't you? You are unusual, no, man. What's that hat lined with? It looked like it was sequined. Mm, no, it's magical things. Lovely. Sparkly. Are you Willy Wonka? <laughs> you got all sorts of funny hats and brooches. Any real evidence that Richard's ever met any celebrities or his nature? You could just be a trickster. He will be. <laughs> if, if Seagal don't come in here, we know you're a liar and we should have to do it right. That's why I'm trying to do the phone interview. I've got an idea right, Matt. Say that Seagal don't turn up. That proves Richard's a liar and he has to do a prostrate exam with us. He has to demonstrate how to look at bumholes. I have to get a plug yeah. in whether he turns up or not. Shepherd's Bush Empire. Tomorrow night. We all know the plug in. We're talking about prostate exams. Listen, that's probably what causes prostate trouble is people sticking plugs up there. Now, the saga of Stephen Seagal continues. We've just had his cowboy agent in here. We don't mean that disrespectfully, but he literally is dressed as a cowboy with a grouse foot stuck on his lapel. Isn't that odd? I know, it's good. He's an unusual fellow. Let's let's just let him get on with his life. Right, so apparently Seagal's on his way here with some Scottish fella in a car. Mikey, our little pervert assistant, is going to get that Scottish fella up on the line. We'll talk to him, see what exactly is the geographic location of Seagal. What's his name? Scott, this bloke. Scott and he's Scottish. Okay, he's Scott and he's Fake Scottish. Fake name. That's easy, do you reckon? Hold on, this is Hello. Hello, is that Scott? He's calling. Uh, Scott, my name is Russell. I'm ringing from my show. Uh, we're wondering about Stephen. Is he alright? 
Yeah, well, we are on route. We're just in the traffic at the moment. You're in the traffic? OK. Very, very, very thick traffic. Oh, well, yeah, we should be we'll there in 15 minutes to drive us thing. OK, how about 13 minutes? Fifteen. Fifteen minutes. Okay. All right. Well, we've just Make had it ten. Yeah. Can you be a bit quicker? Because um, Richard's been in here. You know, uh, he's cowboy. Uh, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. Cowboy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he's crazy, isn't he? Yeah. Well, we're, we're going as quick as we can. He stinks um, of booze. He'll be there in fifteen, and he's going as fast as he can. Okay. Is the Stephen? Is he in good nick? Is he next year in the car? Uh, no, he isn't. But I can get you. Contact him if you want to speak to what him. What What's going on? Why are you with Stephen? Stephen to go. Huh? Why are you not with Stephen? Is anyone with Stephen? Do any of you really know him? Yeah, we, <laughs> we all know him very well. There's just there's too many people for one car. Ah, right. Has Stephen got anyone else with him? Um, he's just, just his close friends. Has he done any... <laughs> he's just got his close <laughs> friends with him. I just need you guys with me. <laughs> is he, has he done any meditating or anything like that today, do you know? It's to the added, I don't, I'm not that close to him. Aren't you? <laughs> Why? <laughs> What have you got against him? We'll get, um, we, we'll be, um, we said we'll be 12 minutes of driver soon. All right then, Scott, see you in a bit. See you in a bit. Bye bye, bye bye. None of these people know Seagal, Matt. This has all been a coup, isn't it? They're all barmy. I think what's ourselves. happened is, yeah. we've mentioned Stephen Seagal, we've put him in the public consciousness yeah. again. He's probably not even in the country. He's probably not even here. He's probably They've not even released a blues album. The more you think about it, a song called Crocodile's Ass. It don't make sense, does What's it? He, well, a crocodile doesn't have an ass. There's no. a tail. There's no bum a bit. tail and an anus. You wouldn't go, oh, look at How that crocodile's know? ass. Well, it must have an anus. It must have an anus. I don't like the word anus. Don't say I it. like it. Why? Because it just makes me think of a little anus. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how language works. <laughs> it's that signifies the object. Uh, James Gurney has written us a letter. Russell and crew, just like to say, love that show you do, and I'm doing a study on incest. Firstly, the reason incest is taboo has to do with the fact that humans have such a small gene pool. On average, each one of us has four genes that could kill us due to us having a copy of each gene from our mother and father. These genes do not normally affect us in any way, however, but if you breed with your family, the chance of offspring getting two copies of this gene is widely increased. Cats do not suffer so greatly from this as their gene pool is rather large, except for cheaters who have a small gene pool. Fraud was into incest. I think he means Freud. Freud. <laughs> Freud was into incest anyway, so you don't want to listen to him. Love the show. Uh, if you ever want a new radio presenter. Are you and Noel still going to do goth detectives for the kiddies? Yes, that's next week. Right, well, fair enough. I th did we learn anything about incest then? Oh, size of gene pools. I wasn't really focusing, but I don't think I won't so. get to have sex with anyone in my family anyway, to tell you the truth. It's not something I'm into. What's that face supposed <laughs> to mean, Matthew? I've only got me and my mum. I remember that um, article in the paper that said... What? Brad's had a string of prostitutes and lovers and even members of his own family. <laughs> so that's it. Out of order. How did they find out that? No, I've been so quiet about that. My nan must have spilt the beans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to dig her up and give her such a slap. Oh, oh. no. No. <laughs> slap. Right, okay. So, yeah, well, this is all crazy. Let's talk to. Let's play. Why don't we play a track then get Noel Gallagher up, shall we? Okay. Um, is there anything else you want to say, Matt? Are you, what, are you in a strange mood or something? No, why? Well, I don't know. I'm fine. I was just wondering what, um, what song to play. You're getting G-Choose one. Yeah. Um, All right. This will do. 
I am writing in response to a lady. Yeah, this is interesting, actually. This is from Layla Joyce. She goes, I'm writing to respond to the comments made by a lady on your show last week who was uh, freaked out by big, giant, cuddly people, you know, dressed up as cuddly people, not like giant haystacks or something. She goes, I've got the same phobia. I'd like to share this anecdote about what happened to me. Me and my best friend went to Disney World in Florida to set the scene. We were both 19 at the time. On the day... <laughs> <laughs> Disneyland and Florida set the scene. Yeah, it's the like you're 19. Didn't. That don't really help the scene at all. That's just a minor detail, too scene. On the day in question, we were wearing hot pants and tiny t-shirts. That's set in the scene. Oh, I like in this scene, baby. Look at Mikey. Mikey, oh, suddenly Mikey's it. interested now. Now, yeah, Mikey, do you want these phone numbers, mate? Especially you'll be wanting to visit these girls, <laughs> won't you, you little hey, you still got those hot pants? <laughs> Mikey will be wearing them hot pants as a hat by the end of the day. Uh, on the day in question, we were wearing hot pants and tiny t-shirts and queued up to meet and greet Pinocchio and Geppetto. <laughs> <laughs> Geppetto! Hello, I'm Geppetto. Uh, thanks for coming to Disney World. And I may I say they're lovely hot pants. Hang on, that would have been... Sorry, Carl. Go on. No, I'm just Go saying. On. No, no, you're Geppetto. You're making it come alive. Uh, yeah, well, I'm just saying, Pinocchio did wear hot pants, He did, he? actually, didn't he? Sexy little git, wasn't he, really? Horrible legs, though. That Square legs. knee joint was not nice. No, it weren't nice. Even when he was a real boy, he was still a bit odd. Yeah. I liked him when he was wooden. I liked it when he was half donkey. I liked it when he was half donkey. I liked that cat and the fox <laughs> that took him to donkey land. And all that. That donkey world was weird. I know. I don't ever want to go there. Yeah, there's a scale issue, though. Didn't like that when I was a kid. Didn't like that when I was a kid. Mm. Geppetto's a man. Yeah. And Pinocchio's like a little puppet. Yeah. So when you queued up to meet them, they're probably, they the probably made size. them the same size. It's Annoying. Wrong. wrong scale. Bad scale. Who's this new woman that's turned up here? Just loose in the pool. Is that your girlfriend? That cowboy's brought his wife in here now. What's going on? <laughs> his wife's all right. What are you doing with a wife, you weirdo? <laughs> uh, on, let's go back to this letter. However, while the characters innocently posed with the children in the queue, when it came to me and my friend, the sleazy men in the Pinocchio and Geppetto costumes <laughs> held us around our waists and wouldn't let us go till we kissed them on their big cartoon woolen heads. <laughs> Under their character masks, we could see all their real faces, and the one nearest me playing Pinocchio had a leer and bad breath. All, <laughs> all in all, it was rather disturbing, and one which has left us both rather less avid fans of the Disney brand. That's not our views, that's the views of the people writing this letter. Please read this out off phone, mate. Loads of love, Layla Joyce. I wonder when this was, because I think it's all quite sexy, these people being in hot pants going to Disney World, uh, don't you? I just thought what the Disney brand would be if you were uh, reimagined by Sir Walt Disney. <laughs> Whee! Probably not that different, not really. really. Different yeah. shoes, maybe. Vaguely different shoes. Probably they'd be more practical. I like those songs with little voices in them. I like that. What about that Akon one, then? Yeah. I'm lonely. I'm <laughs> lonely. <laughs> no wonder you're lonely. You sound like a little weirdo. <laughs> Get to know people behaving like that. You'll drive people away. So, uh, Seagal ain't here. Apparently he's nearer. What's going to be like when he gets here? I don't know. We've got, he's probably not going to get here in time. I know, we've got to go soon, haven't we? Well, it's been a quite a good show. We've had Jonathan Ross in here swearing his mouth off. Noel Gallagher's not answering any of his phones. I can't get through to him. Yeah, losing all our contacts. We don't need contacts or guests or that. We just need each other. Hold on, Noel Gallagher's bringing back. Noel Gallagher? Yeah. <laughs> Are you on, what's the matter? Are you okay? I'm fine. Are you okay? Yeah, good, thanks, Noel. We're just doing the radio show. Can we call you back on another line? Yeah, call me back on my London number. All right then, mate. I'll do that. Don't say nothing because this is part of the radio show. All right then. I'll see you in a bit, Noel. Yeah, I'm calling you right now. All right. Talk to you in a sec. Bye, Noel. Bye. 
Mikey, yeah, because yeah. you just called people that we asked you to call and not all the listeners that have said they were wearing hot pants. Right. Pervert. He's got What's your phone now, mate. He's got my phone. God knows, that's a treasure chest. He's in there. <laughs> if that's the Thunderdome for a lad like Mikey. <laughs> Don't press the letter T, mate. That's the tart section. Oh, Christ. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not really. I don't live that sort section. of life. I'm a nice man from out in Essex. Now, um, Matty Morgan. Hold on, we were learning something then, weren't we, before Noel Gallagher rudely interrupted, saying, man and hey, guys. Hey, let's, man. Let's listen to Jack Kerouac. So, uh, I was listening to your podcast, waiting for my bloody yoga lesson to start, says Nicky. Well, that's the wrong attitude to have towards yoga for a start. You meant to be sanguine, peaceful. And I thought I might send in a couple of suggestions to start the ball rolling. Re your bookie work title conundrum. One, me and I and him and me. Since the frenetic pace of the radio podcast, I always give the impression there are duplicates of all of you. Interesting, but it's confusing. Two, 21st century Dorian Gray. Only I'm not evil, honest, in brackets. Well, you are a cheeky chap, chappy, allegedly. Well, we actually, well, Noel Gallagher's here, so Nicky's suggestions can be put to one side for a moment while we ask Noel Gallagher a series of questions. Hello, Noel, how are you? Good afternoon. Evening, sorry. You, live. You, yeah, that's right. Are you? What's the matter? Are you drunk? <laughs> no. No, I'm not. I'm, uh I've just been to a children's party, so I'm not that drunk, no. Well, I should think not. I don't even think you should be going. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, I, no, I didn't gate crash it. I didn't just walk in and <laughs> see, like, you know, chips and mini burgers. I think I'll have a bit of that. <laughs> um, no, I was, I've just been uh, to pick my daughter up from a kid's party. Congratulations on your forthcoming uh, new child. Yes, another one. Yeah, who would have thought that you still packed a punch in that department, Noel? <laughs> you've still got it. Of course, you know, we've yeah. yet to... Well, once you've got it, you never lose it, you see. No, I suppose not. No, I suppose that that is true. So, uh, did you see me on Comic Relief, then? I... Yeah, I did. Well, right. why did you bring it up to compliment me, and how come you've hesitated a bit, then? Uh, because I had to... Because that was last night, which is a lot... It's, it's a long time ago in my world, last night, and it's like, did it... Was it last night you was prancing around in ladies' underwear? It was last night, that's right. That's right, that was some of it. But I don't I did the last hour. I hosted the whole last hour. Had you gone to bed? Ah, I gone to bed. It was really good. Oh. You thought I'd known... Yeah, I wish... known you two. They never said... I, I, I kind of sat through... Possibly the worst pairing in British television history of Chris Evans and Davina McCall. Oh, which no. Was just, oh, come on, they're nice uh, well, people. It was Chris like, Evans... I don't know. It was tough going. Right, OK, but you've got, you've got quite marginalised tastes, haven't you, really, if you think well, about Well, I like yourself. you. What does that say? Oh, it means, you, it means you're quite cutting-edge, Noel, is what yeah. that suggests. <laughs> um, hold on, I've got some important things to ask you about. What are they? Oh, yeah, Stephen, right, we've got this lunatic in here, Noel, right, who claims to be Stephen Seagal's agent. <gasps> oh, he's holding up a bit of paper saying Seagal is here. All through the show, people have been saying that Stephen Seagal is going to turn up in our studio. Right. That's a bit mental, isn't it? Yeah. Have you got any questions for Steven Seagal? Steven Seagal? Yeah, him, the karate. He's in the building. He's in the building, apparently, now. Is he really? Um, I'm a bit nervous now he's actually here. Ask him, because he plays in a blues band, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Ask him, ask him, is his, ask him, is his Les Paul that he plays vintage, what year is it, and how much does he think it's worth? Matt, write it down, because I'll forget that. I'll remember that. All right, then. And ask him what his favourite, ask him who his favourite British blues guitarist is. That'll do his head right in. Really? Because yeah. there aren't none. Yeah. Well, another is Peter Green is the greatest. Jeff Beck right. and Eric Clapton. You'll probably say Eric Clapton, right? Yeah. But then say him, Pah, Clapton, rubbish. We're talking 
proper blues guitarist. And then I'll say Jeff Beck. Because so, I've got to back up this argument, Noel, remember, and I will be bluffing. Peter Green. Peter Green. Great, I'll say Peter, Peter Green, Green after. Second knowledge to Jimi Hendrix. Right, second right, I'm learning all this by rote. Matt's taking notes. We're going to walk What's through What's he doing this on your show, anyway? Well, we met this cowboy yesterday, and I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. A bloke who's literally dressed as a cowboy he comes up to us and goes, Oh, I'm Stephen Segal's agent. Do you want to have him on your radio show? And we went, Yeah, all right. And he goes, And also, do you want Duncan Bannertine out of <laughs> Dragon's Den? He goes, How come you look after them two? That's mismatched. What, what is that market? What are you going for? Is he, was, he pro- was he properly dressed as a cowboy? He's in here now. He's come along. He's got the cowboy out on now. He's stood here with a beard and a cowboy out and a grouse's foot pinned to his jacket. He's an eccentric. Not like He's- that. Not like that 70s TV detective. He wasn't riding up. Well, like on Malibu on Ice Street on a horse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He is. He's like that bloke that got trapped in a time warp. What was that? What was that? Was that caught, I know who you mean. They're that bloke. Yeah, they've been trapped in a time warp, and then he came back to be a detective in the modern days. A sort of reverse of uh, life on Mars. In fact, yeah, right, I know well, what you mean. He was just a bit weird. He was he can't have horse. He, had horse. he just had a horse, and he yeah. was a contemporary cop who had a horse. No, he was. No, he was a copper. Yeah, and he, he had a horse. <laughs> Maybe I've got this wrong. <laughs> no, you promised me you was off the sauce and the gear. What yeah, is well, this conversation? I've had, I've had a lot of sugar this afternoon. Yeah, well, I hope that's not a euphemism. What's yeah. going on at that children's party? Well, no, you know, it's children's parties. You just yeah, have one of those, and before you know it, you've eaten a lot of fairy cakes. Was it one of the? <laughs> was it one of your family's <laughs> children? Fairy cakes. Yeah. Don't eat fairies' cakes. <laughs> oh Christ! Whose party was it? It was uh, Mr. Weller's daughter's. Because right. his daughter and my daughter are in the same class at school. Oh, that's nice. Perhaps they'll oh. so, uh, be in a band when they're older. Ooh, uh, yeah, I'll be down there with Mr. Weller. Oh, that's really sweet. Surrounded by nippers and uh, looking a bit edgy, it's got to be said. Yeah, you sound edgy. No, will you get that? Um, will you sign that thing for that charity, please? Because remember, you said I've got you were going to send it to the office, but did yeah. you? Yeah. And someone will have sent it. Can you get you and Paul Weller sign it to auction it off at Focus 12, a charity of which I'm a patron, next yeah. week to raise money for drug addicts, yeah. okay? Well, better be before Thursday, because I'm, 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 I'm leaving the country on Thursday. You're going to Moscow? The Why are you going to Moscow for? Because, right, uh, yeah. you know this thing I do at the Albert Hall? Yeah, yeah. Um, my manager said, you fancy doing a warm-up for it? And I said, well, yeah, go on then. And uh, he said, how about doing one in Moscow? And I was like, well, it's a bit far, isn't it? That's and he a... said, well, you know, because like, Oasis have never been there, because we could never kind of, we could never make it pay, really. Right, yeah. But because there's only me and an acoustic guitar and uh, Gem and little Terry, uh, apparently it's worthwhile doing, so... No, Steven Seagal's just wandered in while we're live. People didn't think, oh, we'll wait till the end of the link and then bring <laughs> Steven Seagal in. They get just brought him, him in. Get, get him on, get him on. Stephen! Sit down, Stephen, mate. Uh, uh, Noel, Stephen, uh, th- there you are. Stephen, just say hello. Noel, Noel, say hello. Stephen. Hey, Noel, how are you? Geezer. Geezer. <laughs> how are you doing? Hey, listen, what I wanted to know is, right, you play in uh, a blues band, right? Yeah. Who's your favourite British blues guitarist? Well, I think Clapton, probably. What did I say? You did say, <laughs> Noel Gallagher did predict that you would say Eric Clapton what, was your favourite blues guitarist. What do you reckon of Peter Green? Uh, oh, you know what? Um, yeah, good, but you know who also I love is Mark Knopfler. In fact... Yeah, but he's a Geordie, though. It'd be still English. You can't use regional racism <laughs> on Steven Seagal. <laughs> I I, are you allowed to say four-letter words on this radio station? Yeah, because no. we can. We, we're not many because it's the BBC, but we can we can beep it if it's really bad. Yeah, but I mean, anyway, he's still British. I, I love Mark Knopfler. What he's, was the four-letter word going to be? I Steve? asked Mark to come to Shepherd's Bush, but man, he didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you talk, Stephen. Is this because of uh, Buddhism? 
What's that? Well, that you seem to be coming from a place of inner tranquility there. Well, I don't look too tranquil now. You seem quite tranquil. Do I? Yeah. All right, well. <laughs> you seem nice and tranquil. It's is lovely the opposite to have of you me? He is the opposite of you. Noel's, of course, a very agitated person. Perhaps you remember from Oasis all the spitting and swearing coming no, over to the country. I never really got up on that. No, well, we all got a bit carried away with it in England. They're revered uh -huh. as gods over here, but they've abused that power, frankly. <laughs> Noel, uh, as you can probably appreciate, I'm having to juggle two very complex <laughs> and opposing vibes. So can I give you a ring after this show? Oh, and I see. Oh, come on, Stephen Segal's oh, just wandered in. I've not given him right. proper attention because I'm oh, talking yeah, to you. Got a big Some guys star, just... So right, I'm off now, am I? <laughs> no. Some guys just... You I just, time for you? I just bought a Firebird and somebody said, man, the, the Oasis and Noel wanted to buy this. I said, oh, really? They probably bullshit. Did you try and buy a Firebird, Noel? Uh, there was talk of it, yes. Oh, so are. they weren't lying. Well, you could have it from me if you want, but I bought it. <laughs> no, anyway, Russell, you know that picture you wanted me to sign? Sign it! Get your mates to do it. Oh, Noel! <laughs> don't be cold! Right, yeah. That's cold! Listen, I'm trying to do my bleeding job. Really? What if you were recording with Weller, and then, right. and then, I don't know, Chuck Norris turned yeah. up? You'd have to deal with it, yeah. wouldn't you? You get your mate to sign it. Don't hey. be, don't be childish. Hey, I, I've made a career out of it. <laughs> I'm going to bring you the minute we're off the air. Right, see you later. Talk to you later. Well, no, no, that's right, Noel right, Gallagher, right, everyone. Right. So, Stephen, thank you very much. It's been a long and complicated saga getting you here. No, man, it was easy. Y'all just panicked. We did panic. We was on the way. <laughs> Your agent, look, well, look how he's dressed. He's terrified. He looks like he's literally dressed up as a cowboy. Well, I mean, but but it, it's that's more like the Brokeback Mountain kind of cowboy. Ah, oh, right. <laughs> I see, much more passive, a bit of as your father, a kiss and cuddle cowboy it rather than... a little bit of, you know... I see. Something else going on. Yeah, <laughs> something's <laughs> going on. Well, Stephen, thank you very much uh, for coming here. We've got lots of things we want to talk to you about. We want to talk to you about your blues band. Now, will you tell us a bit about it, please, if you don't mind? Well, they're all from Memphis, um, all black, all people who've been playing the blues since they were children. And uh, I think at the moment it's probably the best blues band in the world at the moment. Really? I don't know. Pretty good. Stephen, how c can you make this claim? Like, is there a blues band? Well, no, 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 table? no. Just like you know, when you put a band together, you know, that's just blues, it, they they stay together for a minute. I'm not saying, you know, we're the best blues band in the world forever. I'm just saying, for the minute, we're pretty good. That's all. Right, but you know, that could change tomorrow. Or yeah, you know, weeks. someone else could put something else together, or whatever. But uh, it's it's a, all I'm really trying to say is it's a great blues band. So a lot of people, <clears> you <throat> say uh, the lads in your band, they've been playing the blues since they were children. Right. How can when you're a child, you ain't depressed enough to do the blues properly? Because it has to be. Do you have to go? Like, well, if you're in a blues band and you're only a child, we go. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, bloody school's getting on my nerves. Da -da 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 -da. I could do with some sweets. <clears throat> How do they find the content during childhood? Well, I mean, you know, actually, blues is about a celebration of life. It's about I anything that inspires you in life, not just the pain of life, but the joy of life. So I think that, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that children learn how to write and have, you know, uh, uh, an ocean of suffering to mm -hmm. take it from as much as what I'm saying is... Uh, everybody starts learning and playing and honing their craft from childhood. Right, so initially it may not have conformed to our stereotypical ideas of the blues, but nonetheless they can learn the discipline and the genre from childhood. That does make sense. Yeah, I mean, you're in the neighbourhood, man, because everybody in Memphis, you know, they, they grow up in it, they grow up around it, they hear it on the front porch like I did as a child, you know. Where, where were you from then, <coughs> Stephen? Detroit, but in Detroit, everybody had come out of the Deep South to work in the steel mills. And so in my neighbourhood it was all... Delta people from the Deep South. 
Stephen, um, we're going to play a track of yours now. Uh, <coughs> it's alligator ass. Right. Tell, tell, what is that you've just sprayed in your mouth? Sin sing a sinus with your throat? Yeah, I've been singing too much, so it's a little... You've made you've given you a bit froggy. of a sore throat. What have you been performing lately? <laughs> Every night. Where? In the UK? <laughs> yeah, we did 40 shows here. You know. Jesus, how'd it go? Good, man, amazing. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm glad you're over here. Now, can you tell us a bit about uh, Talk to My... Alligator Ass? Alligator Ass, yeah. Alligator Ass is really a song about uh, dis disillusionment and, and suspicion and, and just uh, having been uh, screwed over by so many people that you don't trust anybody anymore. It's really uh, a song about bad luck and, and, and betrayal. <clears throat> you know? Why is it called uh, Alligator Ass? Well, uh, because it's talking about, you know, somebody who just ke keeps getting lied to and stolen from and, and dicked around. And then he, he says he went into, he says, um, uh, I went into a restaurant. I had to uh, eat something fast. I ordered me some chicken. They gave me alligator ass. So it's just, it's a kind of a southern way of saying, man, they didn't even give me what I ordered. Got ripped off even in the restaurant. Even in the restaurant, that's right, that, that's right. Hey, so Stephen, you're at, when are you at Shepherd's Bush Empire then? Uh, this Sunday the 18th. Sunday the 18th, so yeah, there's probably tickets still available if you want to go there and see Stephen Seagal. Now, another song of yours was Talk To My Ass. Right. How come there in, uh, there's 14 tracks on your album and the word ass is featured in two titles. Man, I must have ass on my mind. <laughs> You've got ass on your mind, Stephen. <laughs> it keeps cropping up. There's ass. Is there any others with ass in, in the lyrics to, off top of your head? I don't think so. Oh, okay, well, that's all right. That's dense enough, I would have thought. Okay, now, Stephen, the other thing that I'm very interested in about you is your uh, Buddhist beliefs. Mm -hmm. How did you get into that? Well, you know, I went to Asia in the late 60s, early 70s to study uh, the martial arts and... Ended up uh, sitting Zen in a monastery called Dai Tokuji under a master called Tachibana Osho. And um, in studying Zen under him, I got very interested in Buddhism. And there were a couple of uh, Tibetan lamas that were there that had somehow escaped from uh, Tibet. And, um, you know, I just kind of sort of felt a connection with them and started studying. and. And that's when I became a Buddhist. I see. Stephen, it, this show has an ongoing campaign to uh, free Tibet from the uh, Chinese regime. Now, we've been pursuing this campaign quite doggedly, in spite of the fact that we don't fully understand <laughs> what the military regime is doing there or what the benefits of their departure would be. Do we want China to leave Tibet? Or do you? Well, I think it would be very nice if they would uh, depart from Tibet and leave it uh, with its indigenous people. Why are they there? <clears throat> well, I'm not really sure, but I would imagine that um, militarily the strategic positioning of Tibet being the top of the world for satellite uh, surveillance and things like that would probably be uh, an extremely advantageous uh, area for them to control. I see! It's for satellite technology and because geographically it's a strategically convenient place. Right, well nonetheless, you've still got to get out. You'll have to put your satellites elsewhere. So yeah, we're learning about that. We're trying to make this show have, you know, a little gravitas, Stephen. Now, so it's good then that um, as well as, because a lot of people get into the martial aspect of Eastern philosophy and culture without embracing the philosophical and spiritual side of it. 
That's true, isn't it, really? Yes, it Matt, for example, likes <clears throat> learning about fighting. If you try and get him interested in Buddhism, he'll try and karate chop you. Well, I mean, you know, fighting, uh, well, let's just say the martial arts in general doesn't necessarily have to uh, have to do with Buddhism as much as some form of spirituality, which could be, you know, any one of a myriad of different paths. Really, the ultimate, well, because there's some sort of unifying theory where, it, like, if there is a, a utopian oneness within all things, then you could reach that through Hinduism, you could reach it through Buddhism, as long as the journey inward ultimately reaches outward, then you will find oneness. Something like that, yeah. I hope so, Stephen. I've been on hell of a quest. I'm exhausted. <laughs> now, typically, Stephen Seagal, we like to uh, summarise this show with a poem from Mr. G, the poet laureate of this show. Let's welcome him with atmosphere. <laughs> Mr. G. <laughs> Better be a good poem today, dear. <laughs> I've been known to write a limerick. Stones of Blarney been kissed. Corks of bottles popped. Eagles done. Pachin's been missed. But this lyrical tryst is nothing compared to the chatter. The lyrical pitter-patter of Russ and Matt's quick-witted banter. Let's kick off with Jonathan Ross sounding off. There's gym sticks, porn flicks, villages of chocolates ruled by little boy kings loving the kinks, doing the snow dome, kicky boots stomping. And who's been romping in Brandy's love shack, relieving the comic to stop prostate attack? And Noel's got the facts. Stephen had our asses under siege. Russell, you deserve a saintly pat for pulling tricks from up your sleeve. Piece of poetry. The whole show has been surmised. Stephen, it's difficult because you've got that. Uh, you've got very peaceful energy about you and a great stillness. It's difficult for me to maintain my hectic, high, energetic pace. I'm sorry. I'm cramping your style. You're not, <laughs> you're not cramping it, dear. You're making it just seem slightly erratic and needless. But thank you very much for coming here and gracing us with your presence. It's been an absolute joy to have you. Wow, Stephen Segal, everybody. We never thought you were going to come. It's been a wonderful voyage. Thank you. Thank you for bringing your gravitas. We appreciate it. I'm Shanti. Stephen Segal there. What a show it's been. Thank you very much. We had Jonathan Ross earlier in the show, effing and blinding. Stephen Segal neutralised us with spirituality. Noel Gallagher now. Oh, now I feel like I've got to apologise to Noel Gallagher or something. He weren't genuinely He's upset, all right. was he? He's all right. He's winding me up. Right, OK. Matt, did you enjoy the show? I've really enjoyed it. I it's been it. smashing, hasn't it? Mr G, you've done fantastic work. Mike, you've exploited the situation. Stephen Segal <laughs> is leaving the building. It's been incredible. Show. Now it's huge. Isn't he a massive man? <laughs> it's huge, isn't he? And he's all sort of peaceful like a bear. What frightens me about them people that are big and sort of still is you think at any moment they might an arm might lash out yeah. and sort of eat you. He's like, the new Mr. Wimpy. He could be. He could lumber up to us and crash us like eggs. Right, okay, so uh, next week it's going to be an even better show. We don't know how we're going to achieve it. Perhaps Bruce Lee will come in. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what'll happen? Thank you very much for listening. We've got the news now of Andrew Simmons. Andrew, we would like you to get the words China has left Tibet into this news broadcast ass. or what? Ass. 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 Get crocodile ass into the news. <laughs> Alligator ass. Get it into the news woman. Just because we're not doing this live that don't mean we can't F you up. Steven Seagal just taught us karate moves. We come there and bust you up Andrea. 88 to 91 FM. This is Radio 2 from the BBC. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand.